You're listening to Work in Progress. I'm Ramona Schindelheim, Editor-in-Chief of Working Nation. Work in Progress explores the rapidly changing workplace through conversations with innovators, educators, and decision-makers, people with solutions to today's workforce challenges. One of the biggest trends we've seen over the last year is the number of workers who are leaving the workforce before they hit retirement age. While many of the people in their 50s and 60s are retiring early because they feel like they can financially, some of them are leaving because they don't feel they have the skills or the opportunity of skill. Today, we talk about that with Gary Eimerman, Chief Learning Officer of Multiverse, ahead of their new report, The Great Unretirement. Gary, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Ramona, for hosting today. I'm really interested in this subject. It's something we talk about a lot here at Working Nation is how do we make sure that people in their 50s, 60s, even 45 by some accounts, have opportunity to upskill to the skills we need for today's labor market? And why aren't they being offered that opportunity? So let's talk first about some of your findings in the report, and then we can get to some of the solutions. What are you seeing when it comes to this age group? What are they telling you? First and foremost, like you have this element right now that technology has become pervasive in every single industry and in every single role. So that whole software eating the world, it's absolutely come true. And the speed that technology is evolving at is accelerating. It's not slowing down anytime. And the systems and, and practices that we've had around skill development just haven't kept up with that change, candidly. You couple that with the fact that you've got individuals who have been in the industry and in their roles for, in some cases, multiple decades, that the formal like educational institutions that we've like leaned on for a lot of that skill development, it's completely out of date by the time that they're at this age in their bracket. I mean, in the research, I think that one of the data points that stuck out to me was almost 50% of all individuals over 50 said that their employers had not provided them with a training opportunity within the last year. So you're literally saying that like technology is having this huge speed, it's adopting, it's changing everything, but you're not actually supporting anyone in doing it. So I think that's really leading to that skills deficit that you're seeing. And it's just magnified because of the time that it's been since their formal education. We've talked a lot on the podcast exactly about that point. There is no upskilling going on. And the crazy part about that is the data also shows that it costs more to bring somebody new in and you're going to have to train them as well. So why not take advantage of these workers who have this built-in knowledge? I love this point because like, I think about it, like former athlete myself, like I think a lot of this from an athletic perspective. And when you think about sports, your top athletes are some of your most valuable assets. If you were a, a coach or a team owner or whatever it might be. And you invest every dollar possible into developing those top athletes to be even better and to adapt with the change of the game and whatever it might be. The reality is you think you do the same within business. And the beautiful thing about business is that your best athletes, your business athletes tend to be your most senior professionals, the ones who have been in the industry, who have all that uh, tribal knowledge about your organization and everything. But it's, for some reason, there's this like gap of like mindset and businesses aren't actually spending the time investing in training and developing their best athletes. And so it's like, it's actually a a slight difference. It's like, hey, if we actually looked at that from the way a 
sports team would run, it would be much different and we would be spending more time investing in our most experienced individuals. And so I think that it's as a much a, a mindset shift as it is a actual capability uh, challenge, which I think that's where a lot of people focus. Like, oh, capability or is like digital native or not. It's like, no, like it doesn't matter where you're at in your journey. Someone's a beginner at something and someone's advanced at something else. So like, we got to really focus on building a strategic mindset around skills development. I know as a sports fan, I'd be really mad if the team that I was supporting wasn't helping the players, believe me. So I feel the same about the workers. One of the numbers in your report was really pretty amazing that over 2.4 million people in the labor force are thinking about leaving early if they can't get those skills. That's going to be a big gap for employers. They're not going to be able to do the jobs they need. So what's the use of having the new technology if, if nobody can use it, right? You just hit on the number one reason why having skills development strategies in an organization is so critical to being successful for any objective, whether it be uh, cloud transformation or AI uh, into their business, whatever it might be. You hit on that 2.4 million in the US, it's another half million or almost a half million in the UK as well. And we're already sitting here looking at all the shortages. Like I, I get to talk with executives uh, at some of the largest companies from around the world day in and day out. And it's like, they're saying like, oh, like we just don't have enough security professionals or we don't have enough people who understand AI or whatever it might be. And it's like, you've got to actually develop them. And it's so crazy. There's a simple, simple solution to this. Because also if you dig a little bit deeper into the data there, four in 10 actually say they'd be willing to stay with their employer longer who are like, these are people who intending to leave their job. Four in 10 would be willing to stay longer if they actually offered them true training and development and new skills at that company. So right there, there's a savings. You've got like another data point was like of the workers interested in retiring in the next 12 months, 16% said that they'd actually change their mind if the employer supported it. So like right there, you're looking at almost half the people willing to, the looking to leave your business would be willing to stay if you just focus on skill development. It's not just a problem for the employers too. As you pointed out, they don't have enough people already. And then people leave, that will create a bigger problem. But this is an issue of like our economy, our growth. I mean, once you retire and you're not making that income, you're, you know, the government's not collecting the taxes. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. Everyone in business wants to seek that win, win, win opportunity. And there aren't a lot of them, but this is one of those few where if you actually look at the, the numbers and the math on it, it's actually, this is truly a win, win, win situation. So you've, you've got to win for the individual because it increases value and a value for an individual is both the value that you get out of working. I don't, I don't know about you, but I, so many of us just, these are careers. These are lifetimes. We want to have the impact. We want to keep going and having that impact. And then obviously the financial gain that comes from being employed. So you got the win for the individual. You also have the businesses right now who, like we've said, have these skills gaps that they cannot fill. And yet they're saying, oh, we've got these big aspirations to do and have all this impact on the world with this technology and that technology. And you just don't have the ability to unlock that economic opportunity as a business if you don't have people with the right skills. And then like you just brought up, which is the government. When you when you retire, all of a sudden you are actually a drain on the government resources. You're no longer adding to the taxes, but also just the broader economic growth that we are focused on as government institutions are really thinking about that. It's like, if they aren't enabling that, it's a, it has a long-term effect. And it's a, a 
another crazy data point that I'd love to, to shout out is like, we have to change the way that we are incentivizing education. At, and that's, that is primarily in most locales based by the government. Yes, we have private education, but the government is a pretty heavy opportunity there. Right now, it is a thousand to one in dollars. This comes from um, the new book, uh, Apprentice Nation. A thousand to one uh, ratio of investment by federal, state, and local governments into traditional education versus apprenticeships. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a, a place in this world for formal institutions and, and colleges and everything like that. And how often do we then get into our work a few years in, or especially a decade in, and you think back of like, how much am I actually doing today that is applicable from what I learned in school? It's like, no, I learned this on the job. It's like, I never feel like I actually learned something until I apply it. And like, that is so critical. And that's one of the reasons why, like for myself and, and Multiverse, it's like, we're so focused on the apprenticeship model, which is on the job learning. And so that can be continuous throughout your entire career. And so I'd love to see local government and federal government and state government take a, a look in maybe shift that uh, investment because I think it'll be better for all. I've spoken with people at Multiverse before, Sophie and others, and the idea of the apprenticeships, where are you focused now at Multiverse? Is it all tech? Is it is it a broader sense? So tell me a little bit about what you guys are doing right now. Uh, I love that question because Yes, right now the focus is tech, but the reality is, is tech has expanded across every single industry. So we're working everything from fintech to retail, like across, like there really isn't an uh, industry vertical that we aren't focused on. And the reason that we focus on specifically tech jobs right now is because part of our mission is to unlock the economic opportunity for everyone and have that equality component. And the best jobs right now around the globe are in technology. But I want to be very clear, like, Multiverse is not just a technology training company. Like I said, we're working directly with a, a retail uh, company on evolving how technology fits into their retail sales and actually front of um, the store type uh, training. And so really excited about continuing to grow the number of apprentice programs and create just a platform for everyone and anyone to be able to bring apprenticeships to their own role and skill needs in a way that hasn't been done at scale before. And when you talk to some of these companies, are they, I'm going to say, buying into this, let's make sure we get the 50 plus in there. And it's not just for those new people who are starting in the industry or the business. So I love this question because even for me, like before I joined Multiverse, it's like, oh, apprenticeship, that's very much a like career starter. It's an alternative to, to college. And yes, it is that. And it's so much more. And we've actually seen the growth within Multiverse significantly in our upskilling and reskilling. One of every five of our apprentices is 40 and over. And so we're already working with a significant number of folks that have been in the industry for a couple of years. And like to the companies, like I, I've got a shout out to uh, Yum Brands because I know we have a, a case study with them. Back in 2019, they had an individual, Toby, who had taken a job as a cashier at Taco Bell, one of the restaurants in the Yum! brand uh, portfolio. Originally, he had intended it just to be like an extra spending situation, but he ended up uh, losing his full-time job and stayed with Taco Bell. And then most recently, uh, in the last year, was actually invited to be a part of their apprentice program. This is a program that we run collectively with Yum! brand. 
he is now in the process of, he's actually apprenticeshipping as a software engineer. So that cashier to coder experience and like Young Brand has done a phenomenal job about creating this career trajectory for individuals of all ages. And so, yes, there are, there are some world-class learning culture organizations out there and Yum's just one of many. Getting to that idea of using, let's say, this employer-led training, and in the case of Multiverse, you're looking at apprenticeships. Is there other ways to flip this great retirement to the great unretirement and get people to say, hmm, I'm going to rethink this. I'm going to, maybe I won't leave the labor force just yet. Yeah, I mean, I think it starts out with just being fantastically clear, like, hey, we're going to invest in you. Like, we all want to feel valued and invested in. And like, that's that's the first step. And then it's having conversations around, hey, what are the skills of tomorrow that we need? And being real open on that. And also identifying with the individuals, like, what are the things that excite you and interest you most? Because like, yes, like we have our, our roles and we get used to it and we love it. But there's something deeper than like our role and our job day in and day out that like we actually really enjoy. Some people really enjoy working with data and creating uh, stories and visualizations with data. Others maybe are about protection and security and things like that. And so really identifying the personality traits that an individual has, assessing them on their readiness, not from a skill and proficiency in the technical standpoint, but from a personality perspective of what's going to be really effective. And then working with them to ultimately go on that journey. And I, I, this is why I love the apprenticeship model is it's about actually getting experience on the job. Like you, you find out real quickly, oh yeah, this is really for me. Or it's like, oh no, this isn't, but like, let's actually create a, uh, another opportunity because this is the things I found out I didn't like. You know, one of the other points you make it, you guys make in the report, I really like too, is not only could it retain the workforce you already have, it might draw back in people who have left already and said, this isn't for me. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it in the data the last few years, really globally. This isn't unique to the U.S. There's been so many people who have left the labor market. And that just to me leaves so much unturned potential to improve everyone's lives. So it's like, why not focus on bringing people back and and having them skilled up and, and ready to go? I think the other element just associated with that is companies who invest in skill development. It is a strategic differentiator for you. You have, like we've already talked about the data points, people don't leave. People are also attracted to that. If I am an individual over 50 right now, I'm looking to, for my next opportunity at a company who is going to invest in skill development. Because the reality is actually, it doesn't matter what age you are, within the next five years, we all are going to have to reskill on something or another in part of our core roles and responsibility. If you aren't joining a company that's gonna invest in that, why would you join them? Why would they, so you as a company right now, this could be a strategic differentiator. Yeah. And that also can point to your great example from the Yum brand and that cashier. He didn't have to go to a four-year coding you know, college to get you know a coding degree, a software engineering degree. And this can open the door for opportunity for all kinds of people who maybe can't afford the money to go to college or can't afford the time to go to college. It's both the time and the money. And the fact that like this model also allows you to be paid during it. So it's not just the cost of actually going to college and paying for that. 
it's also like so many individuals are left out of that opportunity because they have to pay for rent and food and medicine in the, in the cores of our just surviving. And it's like, you shouldn't have to leverage that in order to have an opportunity for the best roles in the world. Like that's just, something's broken with that system. And so having that idea of a paid apprenticeship where you can, again, your time is tied in with directly skill development and professional, but you're also being paid so you don't have to be working a second and third job in order to get that that future opportunity. There's no doubt that this is, in my mind, a much better model and much much more equitable. So what is your call to action? Who should we be talking to about this? Should we just be shaking the employers? And uh, is there some someone else out there that we should be saying, hey, pay attention? Because it is a win-win-win situation with the individual, the company, and the government, we actually need to talk to all three of them. From an individual perspective, we need to address some of the stigmas, at least here in the US, with what an apprenticeship is. In different countries like Germany, apprenticeship is actually the one of the more common models of getting into a profession. In the US, there's a stigma of age associated with it, which we've already touched on. There's also a stigma of like what roles apprenticeships fit and don't fit. And the reality is, is there's there really isn't roles out there that apprenticeship model couldn't at least help, if not completely uh, replace traditional education. So from an individual standpoint, it's that. From a business perspective, it is really understanding that like, hey, as a business, when I hire someone, I'm hiring that to unlock new economic opportunity. What that means is that like, I need to make sure that I'm investing in getting people the skill sets to unlock that opportunity. I'm not running a nonprofit here. I'm actually running a for-profit. So there is a model there that like, by hiring and developing amazing talent and amazing people that you will get better economic outcomes as a business. Like that's what all, like when we talk about equity and diversity of teams and everything like that, it's absolutely a good thing from a human standpoint, but it's also a really great thing from a commercial standpoint, because that's when you do see those outsized returns commercially. And then I think from a government perspective is really looking at the model of where we incentivize and how we influence apprenticeship. Uh, The UK and the UK apprenticeship levy program is a phenomenal example. Like while there's a third less people in the UK than in the US, there's actually 25% more individuals on apprenticeships because the government has actually gone out there and designed an incentive program that helps businesses subsidize apprenticeships because they see that being a better use of the, the publicly funded dollar to grow the economy. This is one of the few topics in the US that it's like, everyone is actually aligned to is like, we need to develop a better program in how we get all these skills gap filled. And so I'd love to see the, both like I said, the local, the state and the federal government look at opportunities to incentivize. And there are some really great conversations happening in this space. So this is not necessarily new. It's just, it's nudging it over the the finish line on all three of those. So Gary, as we wrap up here, tell me the three main takeaways of the new report. Fundamentally, as we've talked about a lot already, is that workers over the age of 50 is a valuable resource to have in our workforce. Like it's valuable to the individual, it's valuable to the business, and it's valuable to our governments. So by focusing on this, we can improve the outcomes for all three of them. And we all need to take responsibility to improve the likelihood of that succeeding. I think a great way to do that is through the apprenticeship model that like that learn by doing, learn by building the skills right there on the job is absolutely critical. And then I have to emphasize this because a lot of companies and a lot of people listening might be thinking like, how do I even start with this? Like, this is completely new to, for me as a business and whatnot. It's like, 
you don't have to do this alone. Like whether it's Multiverse or someone else, there are some really great companies out there that can help operationalize this. Everything from the content and curriculum to the coaching and the programs, the entire thing, and then customize it for your roles and skills that you need. And so this works at all levels and all stages of someone's career. Career starter, upskiller, reskiller, it's not unique to any one of those. It can, it can, we can ultimately do it together in every stage of our journey. The new report, The Great Unretirement, will be out on Thursday, December 7th. I'll have a link to it in the article accompanying this podcast. Gary, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Ramona. Thanks for having me. I've been speaking with Gary Eimerman, Chief Learning Officer of Multiverse. I'm Ramona Schindelheim, Editor-in-Chief of Working Nation. Thank you for listening.